0: This morning we continue our message series from Isaiah chapter 40 and if you have a Bible you might want to open or if you have an app you might want to open to that passage of Scripture Isaiah chapter 40 and and one of the things I love about Isaiah 40 in this Behold Our God message series is I love the flow of this chapter this chapter begins with the word comfort as Curry just read uh, or rather as we heard earlier in our message series verse 1 it says comfort comfort my people And then down in verse 31, the last phrase you'll find in this chapter is where the Lord talks about renewing their strength. And so the flow from this chapter is from comfort to renewal. And between these two big ideas of comfort and renewal, we have all of these affirmations about who God is. All of this wonderful material. And understand, it's God Himself who's giving us insight into who who God is and how God responds to us as His people. Now, we've said in this message series as we introduced it a few weeks ago that that really, we feel like the world needs a better vision, a bigger vision of God. I think, in fact, our church needs a bigger vision of God. If we're not careful, we can start focusing on ourselves instead of focusing on God and who God is. And Isaiah helps us to do that in a wonderful way. I think we need a bigger version of of a bigger picture of God because often, as we said last Sunday morning, people are filled with both arrogance and despair. And so people are filled with arrogance and that become we become our own God and we fail to give praise to the one true God. And people are often filled with despair in our world because when this world doesn't give all that it promises, we fall into a very dark place and we feel like, like giving up. But God this morning has spoken a word. And so he says, as Curry read a moment ago in verse 6, cry out. And our response is, what shall I cry? And really, that's my posture as a preacher. Every week I'm asking myself the question, what should I say? What should I cry? What should the message be? And to be quite honest with you, I don't have a word. I don't have a message other than this word right here. And so this morning, God through Isaiah says, here's what I want you to cry. Here's what I want you to say. Now, if I were going to summarize this morning's message in one sentence, it would be this. Our lives are beautiful, but fragile. So build your life on that which is eternal. The truth is, our lives are beautiful. Now one of the things I like about Isaiah chapter 40 and I like about the Old Testament uh, in general is the fact that we see this incredible continuity and connection between the Old Testament and the New Testament. You find all these images that are mentioned in Isaiah chapter 40 and you find them also mentioned in your New Testament. And in our scripture reading we find the same thing. Uh, Peter picks up on what Isaiah is talking about in verses 6 through 8. And in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 24, here's what Peter says, all people are like grass, and all their flower is like the flowers of the field. All their glory, all their beauty is like the flowers he says of the field. Every time we go to Texas to visit family, especially in the springtime, uh, Jana will point out to me the beautiful wild fa- flowers that just grow uh, wild Uh, in the median as we're traveling down the uh, the interstate. And she especially loves blue bonnets. In fact, you should see a picture right now of those beautiful blue bonnets that you see so often in Texas. My wife loves flowers. She's drawn to their beauty. Recently, I was asked to say some words at Sister Joyce Berry's funeral service, and in preparation for that service, I remembered a story that I had once told from this uh, pulpit what, one day, not long after we had gotten married, uh, Jana was shopping, and uh, and she she bought some flowers. And while she bought those, and while she was doing the shopping, had the flowers in the basket. Miss Vicky Witt was there, and she happened to notice Jana with the flowers. And Miss Witt said, "So so tell me, um, who are you b- buying the flowers for? Who who are they for?" And Jana smiled sheepishly, and and she said well um, they're they're for me I'm, I'm buying those flowers uh, for myself and so the next Sunday morning I see Vicki in church and Vicki comes up to me and she, with that twinkle in her eye she looks at me and she recounts this story that she'd found out and she says to me Kevin you can do better and she's right, I, I could do better, and my wife loves flowers, so I ought to buy flowers for her. And so uh, you may recall that I, I relayed this story in a sermon uh, one Sunday, and, and I made the point that as husbands, we ought to do better. As husbands, we ought to you know, know what our wives like, and if they like flowers, we ought to buy flowers for our our wives. Well, Miss Berry happened to be there that Sunday morning when I... But I did that sermon, and, and the next Monday, she prepared this beautiful arrangement of flowers to give to me so I could give to my wife. You know, the truth of the matter is it takes a whole church to raise a preacher. It really does. Flowers are beautiful, and we're drawn to their beauty. But, but how are we beautiful? That's what Peter says here in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. And I'll tell you how we are beautiful. You see, we're created in the very image of God all through Genesis. I like to point this out, especially in Genesis 1 and 2, when God is creating something. After He creates something, He says, it is good. And finally, after the sixth day, after He creates humankind, He looks over all that He has created, and God says, it is very good. Think of it like this. God created humankind, male and female, in His own image. God has chosen to image Himself, not in one form, but in two. Male and female. We, humankind, are created in the image of God. We're not mere matter. We're not the product of random cosmic chance. God purposefully created and crafted us. And according to Genesis 1, we are the image-bearers of God. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 7 says we're crowned with glory and honor, and God has put, in every, put everything under our feet. And yet as we read from the Old Testament into the New Testament, we see the people of God are struggling with idolatry. In fact, the second command that God gives us, these ten commandments, the second command, God says, you shall not make for yourselves any graven image. Why is that? It's because God has already made one for Himself. And it's us. We stand before God and move throughout this world as living images. God imagines Himself through us. But here's the thing, sin distorts that image it makes that which is beautiful and wonderful and glorious it 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 mars it sins attractive to us while it's attractive to us it ultimately takes the beauty and god of god and it and, and it taints it everything that sin touches that satan or sin touches is distorted that's why paul says in romans 323 as he's describing all of us, for we've all sinned, and what happens? We fall short of the glory of God. But the good news is, Jesus has come into the world, and when we trust him by faith, we're redeemed and we're renewed. In fact, Paul will tell us in 2 Corinthians 5 17 that all, all things are, are he says, if any person's in Christ, he is a new creation, brand new creation. Through Jesus, our lives can be restored to their original beauty and glory. You may think to yourself, my life can never be as beautiful as it once was because of my sin and my past and my history and my baggage. But what I want you to know is that is a lie. God is in the redemption and the restoration business. You can once again have a beautiful life. Because of the restorative power of grace, our lives are beautiful, but understand our lives are also fragile, and that's Paul's, or that's Isaiah's message. Isaiah forty and verse seven says, "The grass withers and the flowers fall." As beautiful as flowers are, we we know that that they're very fragile fragile they last for just a short while in, in time flowers wilt and the grass grass dies and we know that life is like that james was once writing to a, a, an arrogant group of people i'm convinced and they were talking about all the plans they were going to make and james tells us in james chapter 4 verse 14 why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow he says what is your life you are a mist that appears for just a little while, he says, and then it vanishes away. And we know life, life is like that, isn't it? man went for, in for his annual checkup, received a call from the physician a couple of days later, and the doctor said, I'm afraid I have bad news for you. And the man said, well, what's the bad news? The doctor says, well, you have only 48 hours to live. That is bad news, but the doctor then said I'm afraid I have even worse news and The man said what could be worse than what you've already told me and the doctor said well? I've been trying to call you since yesterday <laughs> Life life is fragile and so if I'm gonna live well I need to understand that life is beautiful we're created in the image of God. We're image bearers of God. But also life is fragile. And so I need to appreciate and savor every, every moment, every day that God gives us. I will never forget the day that I was leaving the cemetery after we just buried my first wife. And I began to think to myself, just six months ago, Six months ago, life was so different. And then out of the blue, like that, we received news that, that helped me to understand life is so fragile. And as we were leaving the cemetery, I began thinking to myself, what am I going to do with this life? And I, I began to make this promise to myself that I was going to trust God relentlessly. I wasn't going to live in fear because you see, if, if we can overcome and face that, then certainly we can face anything. And then I said to myself, I, I want to learn to savor every moment, every, every second. I don't want to be scared or angry or envious. No, I want, to, I want to live life as God gives it. And He gives it one day at a time. Because life is, is beautiful, but it's fragile. And when we understand this, it has a way of, of focusing our lives. It has a way of, of helping us to understand what's really important, what's really significant. Not, not focusing on, on the side issues, but really focusing on, on what matters. You know, most of the time, Hollywood, they get it wrong. And we know Hollywood has an agenda. has a lot of agendas. And we know Hollywood is, is preaching a lot of messages. I mean, you can't go see a movie without walking away going, oh, I, okay, I get, what they're, yeah, I get what they're doing. I get what they're trying to say. But there are those times when Hollywood gets it right. Several years ago, there's a movie that came out called Up. It was, it's a Disney movie. And I think that movie, in a beautiful way, helps us to see that life is both beautiful but life's fragile really it's the story of this of this widower a man by the name of carl and to kind of set the story up what the hollywood people do is in a matter of just two or three minutes they they share this life story of carl and his wife ellie and they talk about without a word they just show images and, and you hear music without a word you see the life of this man and his wife and we We see and experience the truth of this passage that life is both beautiful, but it's also fragile. Watch this. life is beautiful but life is fragile and so that that begs the question then how should we live our lives what should we do with the the few years that god gives us on planet earth and here's what isaiah tells us in isaiah 40 he says grass in verse 8 grass withers and flowers fall but the word of our god endures forever our lives are beautiful in that God gives us relationships and God gives us so many wonderful experiences to live but also we know that that life is fragile and we know we have just a short amount of time to live so so what do we do with the life that God gives us we build our lives on the Word of God the passage of Scripture that I, I first memorized the, the two verses that will always be in my mind that I memorized in the 8th grade in an 8th grade Bible class is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Which is all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, in righteousness that the man or woman of God might be perfect, thoroughly furnished into all good works. That verse says all Scripture inspired of God. The word inspired is a Greek compound word that means that there are two words, two Greek words that come together to communicate the idea of inspiration. It's the word theo theo theology, God. It literally means God, nustos wind breath or spirit. God breathed. Hebrews four twelve says the Word of God is alive and active. Of course, it's alive. The Word of God is animated by the very breath of God. And so what do we build our lives on? There's so many competing messages. and Life is filled with ups and downs and, and sometimes we experience things we would never ex- expect. We build our lives on that which does not change. We build our lives on the solid, foundation of the Word of God. And understand this Word, this Word of God, it bears witness to the living Word. The Word of God points to the living Word of God, Jesus. Jesus. The older I get and the more I spend time in this Word of God, I realize that when I read the Word of God, the God of the Word gets inside me and lives in me. Helps me to become a better person. And so the question is, what do you build your life on? You build your life on something solid and firm. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God And the Word was God. Our lives are beautiful, but fragile. And so build your life on the eternal Word of God. Listen for God's voice. Find His promises. Have confidence in what He tells you. And build your life on that which matters. Build your life on that which lasts. A moment ago when we saw that video, in a sense, that's the story of all of our lives. There's some beauty in all of our lives. Every one of us in this room experienced hardship, difficulty, and loss. One day we're going to pass from this earth. But if we build our lives on the word of God, we'll have confidence and we'll know that one day we'll see God. And one day, we will experience redemption and renewal and healing. And everything will be set right. So this morning I wonder, do you have that confidence? If you don't, we'd love to help you. I'll be down front as we sing this next song just a moment. We'll have a couple of shepherds and their wives in the very back. They would love to speak with you and help you in any way that they can.